Peacock is streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals, and every live WWE pay-per-view. It's The Office, Chrisley Knows Best, and Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. It's still really damage, damage. everybody welcome to this week's edition of the still real Dust show episode number 597 for july 22nd 2021 this is your wwe money in the bank recap and review edition of srtu i'm one after the show i am jeff peck joined every single week by my co-host the one and only dr trey franklin dr trey roll tide my friend <laughs> Is this all because Oklahoma and Texas are trying to jump the SEC or just because I, I live in the state that leads the nation in doing stuff the wrong way, like not wearing masks, not getting vaccinations? I think we're number two in teenage pregnancy, but look out, Mississippi. Uh, we're coming for that. We're coming for you. We're coming for that mantle. Uh, completely pull back the curtain here, Dr. Trey and I, before the show. Uh, we were talking exactly about that. Uh, COVID, obviously, a big discussion here in the United States. Delta variant. Feels like things are on the uh, back to the way things were in the pandemic to a degree. Uh, you know, people are obviously worried and stuff like that. And Dr. Trey pointed out how, you know, uh, folks in Alabama, as he just said, they don't like to wear masks, no vaccines, all that stuff here in the United States. They're the state, one of the states that doesn't want to want to get down with everybody else. And I simply asked Dr. Trey, I was like, does everybody say roll tide? Like when they're in the hospital bed? And, you know, I was thinking before we went on the show, I said, Dr. Trey started telling a story. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's save this for the podcast. And I was like, I don't know if anybody will even know what the hell we're talking about with Roll Tide. But I think if you listen to anything with Conrad Thompson, who is a wrestling podcast genius, then you probably get where where this comes from to a degree, right? It's It's anybody who is a University of Alabama fan, Dr. Trey, they say Roll Tide for like everything positive, right? Yeah, so like you know, like I've I've lived all over the country. So like born Oklahoma, we'd hear Boomer Sooner, you know. But that was kind of like you know for a football thing, Boomer Sooner, you know. And then you hear, you know, you move to Arkansas. There's the Woo Pig Suey chants that they yell out at football and basketball games. And when I moved to Alabama, I didn't know much about the state or, or the football team. I just knew that, that that was very popular. And 
you know, people would literally start, you know, they yell roll tide at football games. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of normal. But literally, like, the very first night in the state, uh, I moved in and I had to run to to Walmart, which is, you know, like the heaven's uh, playground in this state. Um, I go to the store to pick up some items. And I hear a guy yell down the aisle to his wife, hey, honey, Mountain Dew is on sale two for five, roll tide. And I was like, roll tide, like, is the, is the detergent on sale too? Like, I didn't get it. And I literally had to go back to, when I got back to the house, I asked my roommate, I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, oh, no, we say roll tide for everything good that happens. So, you know, Marcy and David had a baby, roll tide. Uh, you know, stuff's on sale, roll tide. You know, Johnny got an A in math class, roll tide. And I was like, is it literally anything good? He was like, yeah. I'm like, so if you're with a lady and uh, things are going really well in the bedroom and one of you is uh, ends up pretty happy, do they yell out roll tide for that? He goes, I'm sure there are people that yell out roll tide when that part finishes up as well. Okay. Okay. There you have it, folks. I mean, a little bit of uh, Southern 101, Dr. Trey, would you yeah. say? Listen, I mean, Conrad Thompson may have like 57 podcasts going, but uh, I got way better stories. I, met, you, I know, you, you know this. I met Conrad a couple times. I, I do have better stories. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just something about the South that's obviously very funny. Um, the the stuff about COVID is not, but I don't know. Uh, we're supposed to be doing the 600th episode uh, in a couple weeks. And we're going to look back at the pandemic era of wrestling. And we may not actually be out of it. And, and even... You know, when we talked about the the topic of it, I was more or less looking at the beginning of the pandemic era of wrestling. I would say that we're still in the midst of the pandemic era of wrestling, but obviously it's concerning. Um, you know, we don't really know where things go, especially with the Delta variant and all that crap right now. And now crowds are back. Uh, you just hope that people stay safe and uh, and use their heads and, and kind of do what's right for themselves, do what's right for society, and uh, I guess the rest will follow. I mean, we're basically living in a real-life survival of the fittest right now, right, Dr. Trey? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, this kind of reminds me, like, you know, we living out west, you get the earthquake, and then you get the aftershocks. And that's kind of how I feel like this is going. Like, COVID itself was the earthquake. And then this Delta variant and then whatever offshoots come off of it, it's kind of like the aftershocks where they can be as bad or, you know, in, in spurts, but maybe not as bad as, you know, the, the monster earthquake. But it, it does feel like it's, it's, it's almost like rinse, repeat, you know, go through the whole thing again. But, uh, I mean, already there, like I just saw the news before I got in, they're talking about like, you know, putting masks back in as a mandate in the state of Alabama because, Lord knows uh, we, we can't follow simple directions in this place. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. It certainly is. It's, uh, yeah, I don't think any of us thought that it was completely out of the clear. We're kind of walking on a tightrope. I think I referred to that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. But, uh, well, here we are. Uh, COVID updates by Dr. Trey and I here. And also Road Tide. I mean, that's how you kick off the show when we have money in the bank and, and a, a very newsworthy week in the world of professional wrestling. Dr. Trey, let's get into it. WWE Money in the Bank recap and review. We'll kick it off here with the pre-show match. We did not predict this match. Uh, the Usos defeat the Mysterios to become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, good tag match. I liked Jimmy Uso eating the 619 to protect Jay, and then the pinning spot where Dre, Jay used the ropes and his feet to keep, keep Jimmy on top of Rey Mysterio to win the match. Um, I've enjoyed the Usos-Roman Reigns storyline uh, since it started, back almost a year ago now. 
And uh, I thought this was a very good storytelling match. Usos defeating the Mysterios to become now the seven-time tag team champions. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, and the funny part about this whole thing is, like, this is a match I've been wanting to see for a while because I think we go back six months ago, and I was like, man, you know, if we can get the twins against father and son, that'd be pretty cool. And we've had it a couple times now, and I just I think WWE almost undersells how special this really is um, at times. So it, it's kind of always like, yeah, it's like the third or fourth thing on a show. But in reality, I mean, it's, it's, it's a father and son duo against twins. Like, that's pretty dang cool. And these four guys can all still go. I, I, it was a good match, and, and it's really interesting to see now that the quote-unquote bloodline uh, has most of the gold on the SmackDown brand now. Yeah, it's uh, it was a fun match, a great match. Usos, I'm happy that they're back and they're winning tag team gold. So, seven-time tag team champions. We'll see where things go now. There's some big reports about the Usos that we get to later on in the show here. Uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women. Doctor Trey and I both had Alexa Bliss running this, winning this match, and Nikki Ash, or I should say Nikki A S H. Now, uh, is is the winner in this one. Nikki A S H. Good Money in the Bank match. I really like the finish where Nikki came out of nowhere to grab the briefcase while the six other women minus Alexa Bliss battled it out battled it out for the briefcase. It was a shocking finish that the live crowd really enjoyed. Great ending. Good match here, Doctor Trey. Money in the Bank. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny we you know we we've had Hurricane Helms you know make sporadic appearances throughout the last couple of years in WWE. We had Molly Holly you know come back as Super Molly for one night. And then you get this character, and I and I see a lot of the older fans like hating on it, but kids are loving this, um, and that's what you always want to do. If you're WWE, you still have to kind of always grab those kids because that's how you build your, you know, your foundation audience going forward for the future. So I, I thought it was a good move for them. Uh, you know, me and you, like I'm a little disappointed Alexa didn't win because I really liked the way she performed that match, and, and all the women did a great job, but. You know, Nikki coming out on top, uh, it's great for WWE, and it's just another way to elevate somebody out of borderline mid-cardness up to main event level. So, good move for WWE. Uh, Raw Tag Team Championship match. Dr. Trent and I both had AJ Styles and almost getting the victory over the Viking Raiders, and they did retain the Raw Tag Team titles on Sunday night. I thought it was a fine tag team match. Uh, I wish we saw more Styles almost matches up to this point. Almost has a very bright future, but you could tell he... Still tell that he's green. Uh, overall, almost did his best to hang with everyone. Um, not a lot to write home about this one. Dr. Trey's AJ Styles and almost retained. I, I think the way they're setting this up is, is great for almost because you let him get his big moments in the match. But he doesn't have to carry a match. Like, you, like on one hand, I almost feel bad for AJ because like AJ does all the work, takes all the bumps, and then you get almost every those big spots. I mean, the dude like borderline legit press slams Ivar. Like, that's pretty freaking impressive. And, you know, even though the, the finish with the, with the two inch choke slam looked a little bit off, um, you know, they're doing it in a right way of just kind of making him the attraction that people want to see. I, I think at some point down the road here, we'll start hearing him talk a little more. Um, but like for all intents and purposes, they're, they're building a monster star by doing this. Cause at some point, AJ's going to turn on or almost is going to turn on him, and then we'll get this great feud because AJ will be able to carry the match and make him look like a million bucks. So I think everything they needed to do was accomplish the match because I still think the Vikings came out looking pretty strong as well. Uh, next match here was for the WWE Championship. Dr. Trey and I both had Bobby Lashley defeating Kofi Kingston, and he won against Kofi on Sunday. 
dominating performance by Bobby Lashley that his character needed to show how difficult he is to beat. Um, obviously, this dominating performance was done at the expense of Kofi, uh, losing to Lashley to set up the match for with Goldberg at SummerSlam, who appeared on Raw on Monday. Um, while I'm all for a dominating performance for Lashley, Dr. Trey, why do we have to do it at the expense of Kofi again, like the Kofi loss to Lesnar? How are we supposed to take now the former WWE champion Kofi Kingston serious as a singles competitor ever again, two times in the last three years, dominated by someone who is bigger, badder uh, than him? Your thoughts here, Bobby Lashley dominating Kofi Kingston or retain? Yeah, it's odd in the sense that you can have Kofi beat Drew McIntyre, you know, hang with Drew McIntyre, who's you know been Lashley's biggest threat uh, during this run, but then can't get anywhere near you know that kind of respect in the booking for it. like i like on one hand like if lashley has his performance against anybody else I, i'm kind of on board with it because you need to get lashley looking like he's unstoppable heading into SummerSlam. but it does suck that it is kofi um especially when you look at the lesnar matches not with kofi but lesnar with aj lesnar with daniel bryan lesnar with balor those guys got in a fair share of the offense and, and created that belief that hey Maybe this guy does have a shot, and we haven't got that with Kofi. So it's like, do they not put Kofi on that level with the other three guys? So, I mean, like I said, the match was fine for what it needed to accomplish, but it does suck that's Kofi because he's just so universally loved by everybody in the wrestling business. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, I'm happy for Lashley, but, yeah, the expense of Kofi, it's like, oh, man, come on. Like, how am I supposed to take this guy serious to be a competitor uh, a challenger ever again for the WWE championship. I, I mean, I just don't, I, I don't see another title reign uh, as, as a world champion uh, for Kofi Kingston anytime soon, which is sad. Uh, next match here for the raw women's championship. We both had Rhea Ripley retaining and Charlotte Flair got the victory and became the new raw women's champion. Uh, great match. Charlotte and Rhea told a great story on Sunday night. This feud has been extremely underrated thus far, in my opinion. Rhea, once again, has been unable to defeat Charlotte. And once she does, it will be a big moment. Uh, looks like WWE wanted Charlotte as champion, what I presume to be heading into SummerSlam. But uh, things changed you know, on Monday night, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Dr. Trey, your thoughts as Charlotte defeated Rhea Ripley? I thought it was a fantastic match. I, I mean, I love this match. And... and- if through the history of the show, like I have not been the greatest women's wrestling fan, but this one really had me hooked and it was really well done. I mean, that the natural selection from the top rope, like I thought that was it. And then that wasn't it. And it's like, wow, they're, they're still going on. Um, I, I just thought it was really well done. I was, you know, making the switch to Charlotte. Not a huge fan of that, especially considering what happened on Monday. Um, but in a way, it's kind of like protecting Rhea by not having her drop it later on, you know, like on Monday. So it's interesting in how they put it together. Um, but now it's like does Charlotte start to fall in that Sasha reign where it's like she can have the belt, but her reigns aren't as long as they should be. It's really kind of confusing, but the match itself I thought was fantastic. Now help me out here, uh, because they did this on Monday night. For the longest time, I thought Charlotte Flair was being referred to as a 13-time women's champion. And if she won on Sunday, she would become a 14-time women's champion. On Monday night, she cut a promo saying she's a one-time and the final Divas champion, five-time Raw women's champion, five-time SmackDown women's champion, which brings us to 
11-time women's champion. Did WWE did change this, right? I'm not like hearing things. Weren't they just referring to her as a 13-time women's champion? I think they were counting the NXT title, and I think they pulled the NXT title. Well, did she, was she NXT champion? She yeah, was, yeah. She won it against Rhea, and she held it uh, previously. So I think she was a two-time she, NXT yeah. champion. So I think they pulled the NXT title from her record as being a world champion. Because maybe the NXT title is not considered a world championship. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean I that's. I mean, there's a lot to uh, to pull back on that because NXT did not have a great week in the eyes of the Raw and SmackDown audience. But I mean, I guess that's possible. But it was just something that was a weird that I picked up on. I'm like, okay, so are they doing? The thing where in WCW, Ric Flair was like a 17 or 18-time world champion. But when he came to WWE, he suddenly was just a 16-time world champion. And we somehow removed a reign for whatever reason. So title reigns in WWE. It's it's, it's that fuzzy new math that people do. But, I I mean, that was the thing with WCW, WWE when Flair came over was a couple of the reigns they didn't wreck, a couple of the – Title reigns, WWE didn't recognize, but WCW did. And I think that's kind of where we're headed now, where, you know, they don't, maybe they're not counting the NXT when they talk about world championships, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of, because, uh, I mean, we don't, they don't really mention Kevin Owens in mul- as, you know, really two time world champion in WWE or one time. But they don't, count, yeah, it's they just... don't count the NXT title as one of the, you know, over like overriding title reigns for being a world champion. So, yeah, know. it's just one of those things that's really confusing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's WWE's world. We just we just deal with the numbers and just go, hey, that doesn't make sense. And they go, yeah, it doesn't matter. Deal with it. All right, Doctor Trey. Next match here is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, I had Riddle. You had Big E, and Big E won and became the new mon- men's Money in the Bank ladder match briefcase winner. Uh, incredible Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't think there were any flaws or holes in this match, which is hard to do when there's eight people involved. The flow and momentum kept the fans in the arena and at home engaged at all times. Biggie getting the call with the victory was icing on the cake for me. Fantastic work by everyone. I loved it, Dr. Trey. Biggie, he is the Money in the Bank briefcase winner, and this was a nearly flawless Money in the Bank ladder match. And so this is going to be where I get mad because... I have not seen this match in its entirety because I had issues with Peacock. Uh oh. So, I had I had it was kind of lagging and I could catch bits and pieces of it, but from everything I saw, it, it was really like you said, it was really well done. I went through it and, and read kind of the play by play on it as well, so everything sounds great. Uh, super happy to see Biggie get the win. Um, just really excited to see where they go with this because. I mean, Biggie versus Roman could be great. If Biggie were to cash in on Bobby Lashley, that would be great. So, really excited to see where this goes and what the controls for Biggie. Uh, just really, really ticked off with the Peacock Network right now at this point. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch it live. I watched it on delay, and I guess you are part of the millions of people that suffer with the same issues during Money in the Bank. And uh, that is a match to go out of your way and check out, folks. Fantastic Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, next match here for the WWE Universal Championship, uh, Roman Reigns taking on Edge. We both had Roman Reigns getting the victory, and Roman Reigns did retain on Sunday. Uh, I felt like this match dragged a little bit when Reigns was dominating the the like beginning and middle portion of this match. Uh, then the last 10 to 15 minutes was really good. Enjoyable match from Reigns and Edge. 
Rollins helps Reigns win, and we are on overdrive for Rollins versus Edge at SummerSlam. Obviously, there's news post-match about what happened, but Roman Reigns defeating Edge in a fun Universal Championship match. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Did this kind of feel like a Randy Orton main event style yeah, match it did. the way it was put together? Yeah, it did. Like, Randy's matches, you kind of watch, and you're like, man, it's kind of dragging here for a little bit. But the last 10 minutes of a Randy Orton main event match is always fantastic. It just had that feel to it. Um, the last 10 minutes were, were great. Um, I'm with you. Like I, Even like the Seth run-in, I was kind of like, well, that's weird, but I'm, I'm cool with it. And then when he came back the second time, I was like, oh, we're going down this route? Okay, yeah, this this could be a really, really good SummerSlam if we're getting Edge and Raw to SummerSlam. Um, and then you go and say that, you know, Edge really didn't lose clean in this one. It was more from the outside interference, and that still leaves that as an opening for Edge to come back and challenge again. So I thought it was really well done. And, you know, like you said, drug a little bit in the beginning, but, you know, one of the best closing sequences we've seen in a little while for, for I mean, but really, can we, are we surprised? Edge and Roman bring it every time they're out there right now. Uh, so there you go. Money in the Bank, pr- uh, pay-per-view prediction record. I, uh, Dr. Trey went 4-2. and two. I went 3-3. Three and three. Dr. Trey has now a one-game lead on me here. He is 63-27. and 27. Dr. Trey, 60, all right, and I'm 62-28. and 28. So, Dr. Trey, we were tied for a while. Dr. Trey taking a one-match lead thanks to the Big E victory on Sunday. Uh, match of the night event rating. My match of the night with the men's was the men's Money in the Bank ladder match with Ricochet, Morrison, Riddle, McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins, and I gave the event a 4.1 out of 5. I loved it, Dr. Trey. Welcome back to the crowd. Your thoughts, match of the night, event rating. What say you? I went with Charlotte and Rhea mainly because the Peacock never crapped out during the men's match, uh, so I had to go with what I saw. So I gave it to Rhea and Charlotte. I thought that was fantastic, uh, and I was right at a 4.0, and, and, and I could blame Peacock. We may have to. I may have to amend this down the road once I can watch the men's match in its entirety. But overall, fantastic show. Crowd was into it. Everybody's excited. Uh, just, just a phenomenal show for WD coming back to having the big fight live crowd for a pay per view. So let's get into it here. Surprises, returns, and title changes from the weekend. I asked on last week's show, would we be excited a week later? Let's see with some of these news and notes. Starting on Friday night, Finn Balor returning to SmackDown. Uh, coming back from NXT, he is now on SmackDown again on Fox, making a return uh, confronting Sami Zayn. John Cena returned at the end of WWE Money in the Bank to confront Roman Reigns. The crowd went absolutely nuts. Great reaction. Uh, fantastic reaction from Michael Cole. I would say that the two biggest reactions I saw from the weekend with the crowd back was obviously the Cena return at Money in the Bank. And then when Edge came out on SmackDown, when he was tagging with the Mysterios was just awesome. I like I, how much I miss the crowd and to hear those pops. Like I, I listened to that multiple times on YouTube. I was like, oh man, it's great to see this back. Wrestling fans back in the stands. Uh, Keith Lee returned to Raw on Monday night. Thank God there was concern over his health recently. I, I didn't know at one point if he was ever going to return, but he came back. He unfortunately lost to Bobby Lashley in an open challenge match on Monday night. Uh, Goldberg returned to WWE on Raw to confront Bobby Lashley probably setting up a match for SummerSlam. Um, groan. Uh, I mean, I like, I've said this so many times now that if you're a longtime listener to the show, you're probably hearing this ad nauseum, but I, I like Goldberg. Appreciate what he's done for the business and the industry. Uh, but I don't want to see him in world title matches anymore. And here we go. Bobby Lashley. Unless Lashley's going over, like like they did with Drew back at Royal Rumble. Like, I don't need to see Goldberg in the match. I mean, he's 55, 56 years old. Don't need to see it. 
Uh, but if it helps Bobby Lashley, fine. But come on, please stop, Vince. Stop doing this. Carrying uh, Cross, NXT champion Carrying Cross, the undefeated Carrying Cross, makes his raw debut in a loss against Jeff Hardy, whose No More Word song returned. I know Dr. Trey was very excited about that. that about that. And then Nikki A.S.H., becomes the new Raw Women's Champion by cashing in on Charlotte Flair to close Raw. Uh, it looked like Raw was like seconds away of going off the air, and they got the uh, cash in. So uh, lots to discuss. Surprises, returns, title changes, Dr. Trey, Finn Balor, Cena, Keith Lee, Goldberg, Karrion Cross, loss, No More Words theme song, which you've been waiting for forever, returns. Nikki A.S.H. cashes in Raw Women's Champion. Uh, before we get into it, I asked on last week's show, would we be excited? Were you excited from what you saw from WWE this past weekend? Uh, I would say for the majority of it, yeah. Like I'm, I'm the, you know, the Goldberg thing is, is kind of, I'm with you on that. It was kind of a groan, but you know, Finn showing up on SmackDown, I thought was really cool. And it's good to see him back there. And you know, you get a Finn Balor, Sami Zayn match. That's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, edge, you know, I, I'm going to throw that in there. Like even seeing edge and the mysterious together, you get that, you know, nostalgia feel for for edge and ray from you know their tag team title run back in the day um you know getting john cena back like that was that was a huge crowd response like i love that that was so great and i'm sitting there going maybe not a big fan of the green and yellow because i live in alabama and and john deere tractors are everywhere uh but seeing him get back in the ring and then you know going off the air with them not really saying a word to each other i thought that was pretty cool uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see Keith Lee back. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. Uh, Goldberg, like I said, eh, whatever. Uh, and the, but the carrying cross thing just completely surprised me because it's like Jeff Hardy could barely beat Cedric Alexander a few weeks ago, but he could beat carrying cross. And then where does this go? Like, what does this do for him? Is this a way for him to drop the NXT title if people, you know, not have to worry about the undefeated. Like, I, I didn't get it. Um, you know, and then Nikki getting the women's title. Like, I, like, I'm really happy for Nikki. She seems like one of the, you know, one of just a really, really good person. Um, I love the Nikki Cross character from the time it debuted in Sanity. You know, and I'm enjoying the Nikki A-S-H, A-S-H character uh, just because I think it's fun and it's great for kids. It gives something for kids to root for, you know, in the women's division that, you know, they may not have had somebody they could identify with. So, and I mean like little kids, like your six and seven year olds, not your preteens that love Bianca, but you know, those little kids that when they first watch wrestling and they get to see, you know, a real life female superhero, those kids grab onto those things. So I thought it was a great week for WWE overall with, with these returns and surprises. Yeah. The, uh, carrying cross stuff obviously got a lot of attention on online and, and I'm in there. I'm on the disappointed train for this. Uh, Jeff Hardy did get the victory by using the ropes, which is strange <laughs> for a baby face, like such an over baby face like Jeff Hardy. I mean, I recently made, made the, the pitch, Dr. Trey, of like putting Jeff Hardy in NXT, not putting carrying cross in raw for, for him to take the L like they've been building Karen cross as like this juggernaut. And then they go out there and have him lose. And then you're hearing the reports this week that WWE looks at, uh, NXT still as a developmental brand, which is just, if the report's true, it's completely wrong and ill fitted of WWE to do that. Um, frustrating. I mean, that, that that's the frustrating part, but I would say overall, that was a fantastic weekend for WWE. The fans being back, the reactions, 
I'm happy to see Cena back, Dr. Trey. Like, I'm not like the biggest Cena fan, but you see him out there, you're like, damn, this is this is good to see. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, for you and I, our our age group, right? In the in the 2000s, when or early 2010s, I should say, when Rock came back to confront John Cena. I wonder if that's that feeling now for that group that grew up on Cena to see him coming out and um, confronting Roman Reigns. Now, granted, they've had a match in the past in Los Angeles. I think it was for Nine of Champions, and it was a great match. Like, it was a torch-passing match in a very B-type pay-per-view because Cena was going away, and, and, and basically it was the last of Cena as a full-time star in WWE. Um, I, I often wonder, I'm like, is this now – this generation, do they get that same feeling that we did when like Rock came out to confront Cena or when Hogan came out to confront Rock 10 years prior to that? See, that's a really good question because I, I hadn't really thought of it that way because <clears throat> I, I don't know, like, I don't know if anybody ever said during Rock's run that, oh my God, they're just shoving this guy down our throats. I'm sick of him. And, and maybe people did, but we just didn't have the internet to play it up. You know, the, you know, the Cena being shoved down our throats for 10 years, that kind of storyline. You know, for me, I was just happy to see the guy back because I know the guy's a damn good wrestler. He's a damn good talker and he gets people excited about the product. Um, much like Rock did when he came back to fight Cena. There's a lot of fans that kind of dropped off the wrestling fandom. And then when Rock comes back around, they jump back on. And, you know, in a lot of ways, Hogan was that way, too. So. Maybe there is some carryover in the similarities because, and, and we were just kind of too young to really notice it back then, and now we're in a different mind frame. So, um, you know, to me, I, I'm just super happy because I think the other difference is, is like now Cena's actually a bigger star in the normal world, I guess, than just the wrestling world. You know, you've seen him in all these movies. People, I mean, he was, I mean, he's in Fast Nine, he's in the new Suicide Squad movie, he was in the Transit, the Bumblebee movie. Like, you're seeing Cena all over the place. So I think the casual fan or even the non-wrestling fan goes, oh, he's back in wrestling? I knew, I thought he was a wrestler. I just saw him in, you know, as, uh, in Fast 9. Maybe I should check this out. So he's probably a bigger star now to draw more eyes back on the product with his uh, movie career. Were you ever a Cena hater? Uh, I think I had my time as a Cena hater, like... Uh, Probably back on the time that we banned the Cena heel talk, <laughs> I was probably a Cena hater. But then when he came back into the U.S., like I loved rapper, you know, rapper gimmick. Uh, I loved the early part of the run where he was the borderline Marine. Uh, literally after Marine One, uh, like that character. Then for a while, it got a little stale, a little repetitive. And uh, you know, when he came back, and you know, after his first hiatus, came back, did won the U.S. title, did the U.S. Open Challenge. I'm like, I, I don't hate the guy it, it just there were times it was very bland and vanilla but i knew what they were catering to it just wasn't my cup of tea but you know now he comes back and he can get a little edgier on the mic uh we saw that you know you mentioned the night of champions like i go back to those promos between him and roman where he was just dogging roman on promos and was kind of the impetus to getting roman better on the microphone because he was getting trashed by cena um so like getting him back like I, i'm i'm excited about because i mean He's always entertaining, and it's always a good match when Cena's involved. I'll get to this quick here because I want to get to some news here on The Rock, speaking of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But I, I felt like uh, – and we recently went through this with Randy Orton. Like I thought when – so I had my my time where they were like really jamming Cena down our throats, and I was like, dude, I'm just getting tired of it. I want to see some new stars, new stars. That was probably right around the time that uh, 
like they started to push CM Punk a little bit more, and and he was getting that run in 2011, 2012. When Cena did the U.S. Open Challenge and had his matches with AJ Styles, and people would be like, well, AJ Styles has a great match with anybody. Look at Shane McMahon and a broomstick. It's like, okay, but great. But like Cena helped put Styles over to where he is now in, in the WWE world. The U.S. Open Challenge, AJ Styles run with Cena, I thought was some of his best stuff. His matches with Kevin Owens was phenomenal. Like, And that's when I got the realization that, yes, in fact, John Cena is a great worker in professional wrestling. Randy Orton recently had that with his run, I felt like, this past year in 2020 with, with Drew McIntyre. Like, we didn't know how good Randy Orton was, and there was a period of time where Randy Orton was being jammed down our throats, and Randy Orton was always getting, you know, beat up on the internet for the way that he cut a promo, some of his matches. You heard Dr. Trey mention it before. It felt like a Randy Orton match when we were doing the Roman Reigns stuff. And then in 2020, everybody's like, oh, shit. Like, I appreciate Randy Orton. Like, this is the Randy Orton appreciation tour. And those are two guys that have been carrying the company for the last 20 years in WWE, which is just wild to say. John Cena and Randy Orton, and um, yeah, I'm happy to see Cena back. I think this is great. The longevity of it all is obviously the big question mark. Uh, presumably, Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Do we think that he comes out of that as champion? Who knows? Maybe they want him on the red carpet for the Suicide Squad with the WWE Universal Championship, and if there's anybody to knock off Roman Reigns from his throne, it could be John Cena. However, there was news this week where... Um, and there's reports out there about AEW, some moves that they're doing, which we'll get to here momentarily. And everybody said that WWE needs to counter with one person and one person only. And that was the rock. And then a report came out today that the rock is expected back soon to be at survivor series and also to potentially work a tag team match at WrestleMania 38. This comes to us from Wrestling Inc. Uh, Andrew Zarian reported on the latest edition of the Matt Man podcast that The Rock is expected to return to the 2021 Survivor Series pay-per-view, which is something we've talked about recently. Uh, it was also said that The Rock is expected to appear on both Raw and SmackDown while he's building to a match with Reigns. USA Network officials reportedly want Rock to appear on the post-Survivor Series edition of Raw. Obviously, we're still months away from November. Plans can and often do change, but the story on Rock appearing in Survivor Series came from multiple sources. It remains to be seen if Rock will actually wrestle Survivor Series or just appear for some sort of confrontation with Reigns, but tentative plans have the Great One making his return there. The date and location for the Survivor Series pay-per-view has not been confirmed as of this writing, but it was previously reported that WWE is looking to hold the event at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Zarian noted that is still the plan. Um, with that comes another story here about Potential matches, tag team match, WrestleMania 38. WWE has reportedly discussed a possible tag team match for the expected feud between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. There was some surprise recently when Jimmy Uso was still featured in the top SmackDown storyline just days after his DUI arrest. Now the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Jimmy's current storyline with cousin Roman Reigns and brother Jey Uso is a major part of plans for WrestleMania 38 in 2022. The Rock is expected to wrestle Reigns at either WrestleMania 38 from Dallas in 2022 or at WrestleMania 39 in 2023 from Los Angeles. Word now is that one idea being considered has The Rock and one of the Usos versus Reigns and the other other Uso brother. It was noted that the goal is to do something with Rock and Reigns at WrestleMania 38 next year, and if concessions have to be made due to The Rock and his movie career out of concerns for potential injuries, then they would do the tag team match so The Rock could be protected from doing too much. The idea behind the tag team match is that it would keep the feud, quote, all in the family and decide who really is the tribal chief, Reigns or Rock. The Rock versus Reigns single match is the preferred way to go, but any involvement with The Rock is best for business over Rock not working the show at all. Dr. Trey, WWE potentially countering with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. 
That's an amazing counter. Your thoughts here on the latest news in regards to The Rock potentially returning WWE soon? I mean, I just mentioned earlier when you talked about John Cena and, and how popular his celebrity is now. Rock's the biggest movie star in the world. And this is a guy that you and I have sat here and said, hey, if he runs for president in 2024 or 2028 or 2032, he's going to win. I mean, that he's arguably the most popular person on the planet. So for WWE to land him is fantastic. I mean, you and I have sat here and talked about, you know, there aren't many dream matches left out there in the wrestling world where Rock versus Reigns is one of those dream matches and you don't know how many more chances you're going to get to get Rock in the ring given his age. So uh, landing him now and, and starting to set things up for Rock and Roman, I think is fantastic. Not sure if I'm a huge fan of their the the rumored storyline. I mean, hell, I'd be happy to see Rock, Cena, and Edge versus the Usos and Roman at a WrestleMania six man tag. That'd be pretty fun. Um, but I mean, just getting him back in the fold is, is a huge get for WWE. Yeah, it, it would be a massive get and uh, one that would put eyes back on the WWE product, especially with a lot of noise being made by AEW this week. Let's get to Impact Slammiversary reactions, Dr. Trey. Quick little synopsis of what took place at that pay-per-view, which has me excited to go watch Impact Wrestling once we wrap up this uh, this podcast this week. And and full disclosure, like I, I was on I, I was on my wit's end of of no longer watching uh, Impact Wrestling. I, I said to myself, like once the whole Kenny Omega AEW stuff wraps up, I'm probably not going to watch anymore, just because it kind of got so flat. And then Slammiversary happened. And they add one of my favorite wrestlers, international wrestlers, to the program, at least for the time being. That has me very excited. And that person being the Bullet Club leader, Jay White, the never open weight champion, current champion. He appeared at the end of the pay-per-view. Chelsea, Chelsea Green, who recently showed up at ROH pay-per-view, returned to take on um, uh, Tanel Dashwood and, and Brian Myers, along with her fiancé, Matt Cardona. Finn Juice returned to defeat Shira and Madman Fulton. The Drama King, the former aide in English, a vignette for him aired. No way. The former No Way Jose was Fala Ball's tag team partner. Thunder Rosa, who was contracted with NWA, was recently announced today to be now an AEW wrestler. Uh, she wrestled against Deanna Perrazzo in a loss. Mickey, Mickey James returned and invited Deanna Perrazzo to the NWA Empower pay-per-view. Uh, and then Bound for Glory was teased to feature AEW, AAA, and New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers at the October pay-per-view. Uh, exciting show, Dr. Trey, for Impact Wrestling. Very, very excited to see Jay White on Impact Wrestling Television moving forward. Your thoughts on what you uh, saw and heard from Slammiversary? Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it may not have been the best promoter show, but you get that many people making appearances and that much stuff going on, I think it's great for the company because, uh, I mean, if you can evolve AEW, New Japan, AAA, along with Impact, then you're getting global eyes on your product. And if that's a route they can go and actually attract those viewers, it's great for impact. I thought the show overall was pretty fun and entertaining. Um, you know, the No Way Jose was kind of surprising and, you know, really happy to see Aiden English back wrestling because I, I love that dude. I think he's fantastic. Uh, so I, I thought it was a really good day uh, for impact, you know, after you and I have sat here and kind of bashed them for the crossover with AEW. Yeah, it was a very good day for Impact Wrestling. Um, they seem to be wide open for business. I know AEW has the door wide open, and they've done very similar stuff, but now you're seeing them work with AEW, uh, AAA, New Japan, and NWA. Like Their hands are in every bit of the cookie jar. 
if they add some ROH love in there as well. I mean, they got Chelsea Green working for them this past uh, weekend. I would assume maybe that there's that tie-in as well. It's just good to see. Uh, it's it's refreshing. It's exciting to see. And, and it just goes to show you where AEW has has basically changed the game of professional wrestling right now. And, and WWE's got to play a little bit of catch-up, I feel like. Uh, which takes us to the big news this week with AEW. Dr. Trey mentioned earlier in the show that we banned the discussion of John Cena turning heel. And one of the other things that's part of that group, Dr. Trey, has what to do with CM Punk. When will CM Punk return? Yeah, you you caught me off guard because we hadn't talked about it in so long. And I was afraid you are trying to catch me in a catch-22 because I'm not allowed to say it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And then you immediately get tased. Um, as you get as we do the podcast, but uh, according to reports, CM Punk reportedly negotiating for an in-ring return, and Daniel Bryan has reportedly signed with AEW. Let's start with CM Punk coming to us from Wrestling Inc. CM Punk is reportedly in ongoing talks for a return to the ring, according to Fightful. The most likely place for him to go is AEW, but a contract hasn't been signed, nor has a timetable, return date, or creative plans been put in place. The report note, noted simply, Punk and a company official have been talking about him wrestling once again. The reports say that they haven't confirmed with Punk or AW officials about the news, but we're told recently that higher-ups at WWE believe Punk is going to All Elite Wrestling. With fans returning, other companies have been said to be interested in Punk. Most recently, ROH reached out to him reportedly back in January 2020, but no specific offers have reportedly been made. We've also heard um, that uh, AW was obviously very interested in signing him. Uh, CM Punk at the beginning of the launch of the promotion, Tony Khan said that he was the number one wrestler he wanted to sign. Um, to- CM Punk kind of like punked AW because Cody Rhodes like texted him and was like, hey, can we talk or something? And I guess they had some sort of discussions and CM Punk like talked about in interviews and was like, that's not a formal offer. I don't know how they do business. And then he's paired up with WWE on the on the backstage show on Fox Sports. Um, and then obviously that shuts down. I, I always felt like he was going to be going back to WWE at some point. Surprised to hear AEW in the fold here, Dr. Trey, especially with some of the legal ramifications that he had most recently or in recent years with his former best friend, Colt Cabana, who's part of AEW and part of the Dark, or- Dark Order. I don't know if, you know, in their personal lives, they, they, they you know, got took care of that. Uh, it's also possible that, you know, professionals just kind of put that stuff behind them. But let's talk about the Punk news first before we get to Daniel Bryan stuff here. CM Punk in negotiations for an in-ring return doesn't happen, and is AEW the spot that it takes place in? I think it does happen. I mean, you and I have talked about that for a while as far as, especially when the backstage tough stuff came up, it's like, yeah, if you're getting, if you're dipping your toe into the pool um, and you see the money that's getting thrown out, especially this time of year, like this time of year between – you know, August and next March, that SummerSlam through WrestleMania season. That's when these things get kicked up, and that's when the money starts flowing. And then you start getting the fans back in, which is more money coming in. Now you have ticket sales. He's going to be back in a ring. Uh, the money's too good to pass up. Um, whether or not it's AEW, I, I still lean WWE. Uh, and a lot of it is because of the stuff that went on with AEW before, like we talked about. But I think he likes, you know, he sees Daniel Bryan going there. And he sees Christian, who appears in the Rumble and then is on Dynamite like a couple weeks later. You know, and then shows there. Mark Henry's there. A lot of these guys that have name value going to AEW, I don't see Vince or Triple H letting Punk cross over when they have him in his lap because of the backstage deal. So 
I, I still think it's it's a leveraging factor of leveraging AEW against WWE to get even more money. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, we've talked about this for such a long time, the Punk stuff. I do feel like he eventually returns. I still feel like it's WWE. Uh, I do think AEW is the right spot for CM Punk, though. Um, it, it, it certainly puts AEW, like, above and beyond. And, you know, it's, I... I think that there's some smoke to this. I, I, I think I think he ends up in AEW, and I feel that way now because of the next news story that I bring up, Dr. Trey, be, uh, that Daniel Bryan is reportedly signed with AEW. Um, let's get into this cog of this from uh, Wrestling Inc. again. Daniel Bryan, also known as Brian Danielson, is reportedly signed with AEW. It was noted that Brian wanted creative input into his character, and the plan was to have him debut on the September 22nd episode of Dynamite titled Grand Slam. That will take place at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer reported that the biggest factor in Brian likely signing with AW is the company's relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Meltzer noted that he does not know if Brian is officially signed, but everything so far indicates that the deal is done. Brian has been open to wrestling for other companies for quite some time. When he was with WWE, Brian was vocal about wanting to wrestle people outside of the company like ROH Pure Champion Jonathan Gresham and AEW star Jungle Boy. In an update, it was noted by at Russell Votes on Twitter today, the following tweet in, in the beginning of the quote reads, regarding the Daniel Bryan rumor, since I've got a ton of questions on it, I don't have many direct AW contacts. However, I did ask my WWE contacts, when's the last time Bryan's name has been brought up within creative or even talked about, question mark. Months was the answer. So that's that, end quote from Russell Votes. Dr. Trey, this to me is a lot more believable than the CM Punk stuff as it stands right now because Daniel Bryan has been so vocal about what he's wanted to do. Uh, this is a massive get. Bryan Danielson, Daniel Bryan going to AEW. Uh, AEW in one day, right? Like I was talking about on Wednesday, the news stories was CM Punk and Daniel Bryan could be going to AEW. On Thursday, The Rock should be returning to WWE soon. Like this is just a back and forth between AEW and WWE. Massive props by AEW because they are making their presence known by some of these signings. There is obviously some concern, which I'll get to a, a Twitter question from earlier today. But your thoughts here, Daniel Bryan, AEW bound, your thoughts? I mean, I think the bigger news would be that, you know, Brie Bella probably ends up over there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> like, I, this is really cool. And this is something we talked about, you know, when Daniel Bryan for the WrestleMania, which is Daniel Bryan made it known he wanted to wrestle all over the world. Like he doesn't know how many, how much longer he has. If, if you, if you think you maybe got two years left, three years left of entering, you, you kind of want to get there and test your metal. And that was always what he was known for before his WWE days. Um, so why not go out there kind of the same way? And if you can get a, a, a deal set with AEW, well, that means you also get a deal with impact and you can work with you in Japan and AAA Cause those guys all seem to be kind of working together. So, uh, for Daniel Bryan, who kind of wants to get one good last giant run, this is a great move for him. Um, and and it, this is so reminiscent of, I'm starting to get those flashbacks to the Monday Night Wars where, like, anything you can do, I can do better. Where it's like, well, you know, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, AEW, well, look at The Rock. Well, you know, there's like this back and forth. This is what we, this is what you and I grew up on. And it's great to see this going on because it just shows that. Yeah, maybe ratings aren't what they used to be, but obviously if you're spending money to bring these names back in, then the wrestling money is actually pretty good. So, uh, you know, it's just it's just great for wrestling as a whole to see this back and forth and the rumors and innuendos and everything else uh, to still align from Conrad. Uh, it's, just, it's just great for the business as a whole. 
Yeah, I agree. I think this is fantastic for the business. It's got me excited. I mean, especially after the last 16 months where um, uh, it was difficult. It was a difficult time. A lot of people were released. AEW made a lot of signings. Uh, I thought AEW looked a lot better at, during the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. And, and, and just overall, from a outside point of view as a fan, like it seemed like AEW kept it together while WWE was cutting back and, and making some weird changes. And granted, they're a much bigger company. They're a publicly traded company, which maybe affords AEW a little bit more room than what WWE did. Uh, but these are some big signings. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. The thing with it, this, right, and is is that these these guys are probably going to be around a lot more than John Cena and The Rock coming back to WWE. Like, Vince can call on those guys, Rock and John Cena, to come in when they're available from Hollywood. But Punk, Daniel Bryan, they're going to work limited schedules if they sign with AEW, but they can be called upon at any given moment. Um, and uh, this question was asked on Twitter today, Dr. Trey, from, from Michael Taylor. And we brought this up recently on the podcast, uh, ironically enough, with, with some of these ex-WWE signings in AAW. And of course, the internet is not the biggest fan of them, though, so far. Um, so Michael asked, what will happen when guys and gals can get out of get out of the mid-card because AEW is bringing WWE guys in? For the initial shock, it's cool, but then it gets stale. It happened in WCW. WWE, hope it does not for AEW, which is a great point, right? I mean, the reason why we like AEW right now is because people like Darby Allen and MJF and um, Jungle Boy are are getting pushed. Kenny Omega, even though he was an international name, was not well-known in the United States from a mainstream standpoint. Like, that's what we're getting excited about is to see these guys and girls, Dr. Britt Baker, get this opportunity. And when you bring in the Christian Cages, the Stings, um, the John Moxley's, the Chris Jericho's, the CM Punk's and Daniel Bryan's, Brian Danielson's, you get worried about the mid-card guys, especially when you see people like Miro Holden titles right now. And to that, I will say, and, and I've been definitely a critic of AEW, but I feel like I've been very down the middle with them. And, and you know, I'll mention the things that I really like and the things that I don't like. I really enjoy watching AEW every week. I, I've felt that way now for over a year plus, and, and I like the way that they book and, and do the creative uh, and I will say that when they bring in these ex-WWE guys, they're not pushing them immediately to the moon, right? Moxley and Jericho got those flags in the early part of AEW because AEW needed to. They could not come out in the beginning uh, with, unfortunately, Hangman Page being the uh, AEW world champion. That was a great business move on their part. At the, at the time, I was not in favor of it, but you, you totally understand it. You know, Since then, Sting has been working with Darby Allen and helping raise Darby Allen's star profile. Christian Cage has been working with Jungle Boy to help raise Jungle Boy's star profile. Miro, basically for an entire year, was in a very low mid-card feud or storyline with Kip Samian, and now he's a dominant TNT champion in AEW. Um, you know, it. I feel like AEW has handled it really well. Jericho has helped elevate Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, even Jake Hager. With the inner circle, Pin and he's doing the same thing with Pinnacle right now with MJF, FTR, helping out MJF and Sean Spears and Wardlow. Like it, I just feel like AEW has done a really good job that I don't think they will make the same mistakes that WCW did by pushing ex-WWE guys down our throat and not building any homegrown talent. I, I just don't see that happening under Tony Khan and the likes of AEW. So I'm not really concerned, even if they bring in CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to their their promotion. Yeah, I'm not concerned in the sense of them not getting used right. And, you know, my, my concern, and, and this will get alleviated when the, when the other new show starts up, is 
you know, limited time visibility for these guys. You know, like we, you mentioned Christian Cage. It is like, yeah, but he's actually on Elevation as much, or he's on AW Dark as much as on Dynamite. And it's just trying to get guys featured into the right spots where you can use their star power to also increase your homegrown run. You look at uh, the stuff with Andrade and Penta and Ray Phoenix and Pac. Like, that's two WWE guys helping out two guys that maybe the mainstream doesn't know. And then you look at, uh, like you mentioned, the stuff with, with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy and Sting and Darby Allen and even Miro having you know, some of these matches to help elevate the other guys in that division as well. I think they've done a really good job of not just, like you said, pushing to the max, much like WCW or even Impact TNA days. You know, TNA signs Rob Van Dam, up, oh, world champion. TNA signs Booker T, up, oh, world champion. You know, that was that was WCW era, and it hurt both those companies by doing it because, you know, these guys were, outside of Jericho and Moxley, these guys, both of these guys weren't the top guys in their company. Now, Punk and Daniel Bryan, the exceptions, but, you know, Christian had, you know, a nice title run, but it almost felt like it was because of Edge that he kind of got that run. You know, Miro, Andrade, these, these weren't the top guys in WWE. So if a guy like that comes to your company, you make him the world champion, it's like, well, who did he beat in WWE? Nobody. Now he's the best guy you got. I think they're handling these transitions from WWE to AEW really well by keeping guys kind of in their lane and then slowly building him back up to like a little bit higher. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job, and um, I, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head, Doctor Trey, that they've they've been on top of things uh, this entire time. So props to to AW for the way that they handle uh, bringing in some of these you know big name stars from WWE, and I, I don't foresee it being an issue. I think AW will continue to move forward in the right way, and it just seems like. For all things considered, for a guy who had zero booking experience, Tony Khan uh, and the creative team there um, at AW has has a good head on their shoulders. And um, they've had very good creative uh, in recent months. So there you go. Lots to discuss here uh, and break down from this week's edition of the show. Um, but uh, it's time to close up shop on this week's edition of SRTU. Let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com. Russell Chattanet on Twitter and the Still Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us on the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franken at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, like Jeff said, at the Dr. Trey. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, you will not find me on OnlyFans, as I will not strip for you guys. Uh, but you can go on Facebook and find me uh, at Facebook. Just search out Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, find me there. Uh, and then you can also follow along Rocket League Championship Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, big shows past Saturday. They have another show coming up August 7th. And that one I'll probably be making my return because it's been a month since I've been in a wrestling ring and seeing the crowd back at the game got me pumped up and excited to get back out there uh, and contribute. So be sure to check out all your independent wrestling shows around you because uh, more than likely Cody Connell will them. So just, just check them out. There you go. Support all the great things that support the Still Realtor Show. And a very interesting week once again from the world of professional wrestling. Fans were welcomed back in WWE and in Impact Wrestling. WWE Money in the Bank was in the books. A very fun pay-per-view. 
uh, Cena, Finn Balor, Keith Lee, Goldberg, Karen Cross, Nikki A.S.H. all had big weeks. The Rock is on his way back to WWE. Jay White appears in Impact Wrestling. And CM Punk and Daniel Bryan may be making their way to AEW soon. So wrestling is very, very healthy. Very exciting times here in the summer of 2021. Coming out of a very, very bad time in the world of uh, life. is That was the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Beck. Stay safe. This is the story of the show. A man's measured by the way that he thinks. Not clothing lines, ice links, leather and minks. I spent 20 plus years seeking knowledge of self. So for now, Mark Breck is living life for wealth. Your time is up, my time is now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. It's the franchise where I'm shining now, now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. Your time is up, my time is now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. The franchise will shine now, now. You can't see me, my time is now. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock.